The International Court of Justice has ruled with South Africa against Israel by finding that there is plausible evidence of genocidal acts being committed by the Israeli invasionary force against Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And they have also ruled that there is an urgent risk of greater cataclysmic destruction being done against the people of Palestine and Gaza and have such ordered interim measures to prevent loss of life and the breaking of the genocide convention against the Israeli state. But despite overwhelmingly agreeing with South Africa's case by 15 judges to two and 16 judges to one on various elements of the case and interim measures, they have not ordered a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip, despite that being South Africa's explicit request. So let's talk about this. What is the ICJ exactly just ruled on and what happens now? This is a special breaking news episode of The Issue with Dan Corder. South Africa is a movie. Welcome to the watch party. As always, you know that this episode exists on all of our podcast streamers. Go check out our Patreon and give us a like and a subscribe if you haven't so we can keep the lights on right. Let's get into this truly historic moment in history. In what will go down in history as one of the most historic, consequential cases in international law and human rights law, the International Court of Justice overwhelmingly upheld and agreed with South Africa's presentations against Israel in the International Court of Justice. South Africa put forward a ton of prima facie evidence, which just means factual evidence before the court, to show that genocidal acts may well have been committed and might be continuing to be committed in the Gaza Strip against Palestinians right now, and that these acts are being committed by the Israeli Defense Force and its military actions in Gaza. The International Court of Justice overwhelmingly agreed that there was plausible evidence that Israel had violated its duties that it committed not to violate when it signed up to the Genocide Convention in 1948. In that convention, Israel committed to preventing and punishing acts of genocide as defined by the convention. And the definition of the convention is found in Article 2. You would have heard it spoken about particularly 2A, 2B, 2C and 2D from one of South Africa's senior counsels who spoke first in the hearings, Adila Hassam. You can get our full analysis of those arguments from Adila Hassam in our initial video that you can find on our YouTube channel about South Africa's actual case at the ICJ. But just to refresh your memory. Article 2 states that genocide means any of the following acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethnical, racial or religious group as such. 2a. Killing members of the group. 2b. Causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. 2c. Deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. And 2d. Imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. And South Africa also argued through senior counsel Tembeka Tsukai Torbi's presentations in the hearings that utterances by influential Israeli leaders, both in government and outside of it, constituted the incitement of genocide through dehumanizing language to describe Palestinians and why essentially they deserved what they were getting. And the court overwhelmingly agreed with that too. It was kind of extraordinary witnessing Judge O'Donoghue's speech. She was presenting what the ICJ had found because she almost word for word, point for point, cited all of South Africa's factual evidence of this absolute disaster in Gaza. She spoke about the tens of thousands of killings of civilians. She spoke about all of the maimings and injuries of many civilians in Gaza who now actually can't get medical assistance. She spoke about 
the systemic destruction of people's homes, trying to wipe out their dwellings where Gazans live. She spoke about the mass displacement of Gazans, Palestinians. She spoke about Gazans being told to go to safe zones by Israel and then suffering bombing attacks in those safe zones. She spoke about the mass destruction of basic infrastructure like water and electricity and sewerage and internet provision. She spoke about the comprehensive destroying of the medical healthcare system, which has left Gazans in total crisis. She spoke about the fact that IDF strategies and actions have caused a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, where there is now real development of terrible outbreaks of disease because Gazans are being stripped of their abilities to use medical services, but also stripped of their ability to use basic hygiene. And she spoke about the state of Israel's refusal to prevent or crucially punish genocidal acts. She spoke about the fact that the state of Israel has not lifted a finger to try and prevent, investigate, and maybe punish genocidal acts by its soldiers, genocidal intent comments and dehumanizing language by its leaders. She said all of that, South Africa's entire case. And then she spoke about the key part, because remember, South Africa only needed to prove that there was plausible chance, plausible factual evidence that genocidal acts were being committed in Gaza by the Israeli Defense Force against Palestinians. And then South Africa needed to prove that there was a future or an imminent risk of uh, the total destruction or the mass continuing genocidal destruction of a group of people, and that it was urgent, that it was happening very soon. And Judge O'Donoghue, reflecting the overwhelming majority of judges, 15-2 and 16-1 of this court of judges from different countries in the world, she said, yes, the, the operation in Gaza, the IDF actions in Gaza that has caused, the, caused these terrible, unlivable, unsurvivable conditions are ongoing. So she said, yes, there is an imminent risk. It's happening right now. It is urgent. We need measures right now. So South Africa comprehensively won this case. But then they came to the interim measures and they did not order a ceasefire. They did not order the IDF to stop. Essentially, what they said was Israel needs to take all measures to prevent genocidal acts in Gaza, which means, as the Genocide Convention says, they need to prevent and punish, which they clearly haven't been doing already. And yes, to the court's credit, they definitely said that Israel has caused the current situation and they need to stop allowing or exacerbating the current crisis in Gaza, which means that meaningfully, Israel now needs to stop the destruction and demolition of homes, the mass displacement of Gazans, the destruction of basic infrastructure, uh, the cutting off of basic services, the continuing harassment and destruction of medical healthcare workers and medical facilities. She also explicitly ordered that Israel allow in masses of amounts of aid that the IDF has been stopping and humanitarian emergency assistance. But she didn't call for a ceasefire. And so maybe the court is hoping that if all this humanitarian assistance comes in and, and if Israel now allows all of these independent journalists and organizations to come in, it will somehow stop Israel from acting the way that they've been acting. But she didn't, and the court didn't, like they agreed with South Africa, except for do a ceasefire, stop this awful, awful situation. And she essentially said to Israel, you've been a bad boy. You need to behave better. We're not going to punish you right now, but we're just going to say, stop being a bad boy. And then they said, oh, in a month's time, you need to come and prove to us that you've stopped. Which for me, like asking the state of Israel to self-regulate after what they have been doing is just unreal. Like, and she didn't give an explanation of why they didn't uh, agree with South Africa on the interim measure being a ceasefire. They never said anything about that. So 
South Africa won overwhelmingly. This is an historic moment. And genuinely, our senior council, all four of them are going to be studied and valorized throughout all of history and all major or good universities when it comes to international law and uh, human rights law. They're incredible. You will know the names, Max Duplessy, John Dugard, Adila Khasim, and Tebek Tukai Tobi forever. And South Africa will rightly be given its flowers for standing, and I must say this is amazing, that South Africa stood for justice with a helpless people who were being and are being absolutely mercilessly destroyed in the face of enormous international pressure not to do so. And that is incredible. But what happens now? Because the court hasn't ordered a ceasefire. We were wondering if this was going to be a scenario where the court would order a ceasefire and then Israel would say no, because then the next step is South Africa takes their plea to the International Security Council to try and force Israel to comply with the order of the ICJ. But then the problem is the International Security Council has veto members. And if even one of them disagrees with a motion, as America has already done about Israel on the Security Council, that motion doesn't go through. So we were expecting order a ceasefire. Then it goes to Security Council. America denies it. But the condemnation and the message is clear about what is really going on. But there isn't a ceasefire now. Like Israel is fully capable now of coming out and saying, okay, we pinky swear not to do this thing, but also we're not, we're, like we haven't been doing it, but we pinky swear not to do it. And they get away with all of the rank horrific destruction they've already committed. Now, to be clear, this ruling was never going to punish Israel for the genocide, the plausible genocidal acts that they've already committed in the last four months, because that requires the next bigger court case, which many people assume will be taken, that Israel has committed a genocide. And if we look at other cases around genocide in history, you will find that those take many, many, many years. So that's coming later. South Africa was always only calling for an interim measure for a ceasefire and to stop what is happening right now from continuing. And so we were never going to get a court condemnation or punishment of what Israel has already been doing. But it is unbelievable to me. It is totally extraordinary that the court overwhelmingly agreed with South Africa that there's fact-based prima facie evidence of plausible committal of genocidal acts by Israel and they agreed that there is an imminent urgent risk of more genocidal acts and the total destruction of a group of people, which is the Palestinians in Gaza. They agreed that the state of Israel has created these awful, horrific conditions, but did not call for a ceasefire. And we don't even know why. So it's an historic day. And I'm so proud of being South African today. I'm so proud and delighted that our legal team did so exceptionally well. But what happens now? Israel is likely to pinky swear that they will behave. They will let in aid organizations. They will let in journalists. They will pinky swear in a month's time that they've been behaving properly. I mean, they've even started to let in aid organizations in the last two weeks to try and kind of like uh, shine their image. Uh, but no ceasefire. And so what we really have to hope is that with this condemnation, with this finding that they have plausibly committed genocidal acts and Israel has created this horrifying scenario for Gazans, for Palestinians right now, that the international community pressure will be so hectic that it will stop Israel in their tracks. And even though the court hasn't ordered a ceasefire, Israel will radically change their combat strategies, especially if a lot of aid organizations and international media and independent investigators can get into Gaza because Israel will pause and be careful about whether or not they commit the acts that they've been committing, these plausible, again, by the court's words, plausible genocidal acts on Gazans, firstly, in front of international media and aid organizations, and secondly, because they might 
kill and maim and by mistake hit international media and organizations. We hope that that will be a level of deterrent because we know that Israel has already killed like their own Israeli hostages by accident and they've killed lots of people by accident. And that is part of the indiscriminate nature in which they have brutalized Gaza and the Palestinians. But right now I feel so torn because wow, amazing. Like, like we now know and Israel will always be known as having done these horrifying things to Gazans, to Palestinians. But no ceasefire. We just have to hope that the actions that they must be forced to undertake now, allowing aid, allowing aid organizations in and journalists in and international independent bodies in, will temper their behavior to try and stop any further devastating, plausible genocidal acts. Thank you so much for watching this special episode of The Issue with Dan Corder. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Uh, and again, if you found this valuable at all, thank you for the like and the subscription. We really appreciate it. I'm going to go and process all this emotion. We need a weekend. <laughs> <laughs>